Welcome back to the pod, listeners. Uh, so today we recap the events of the Austrian Grand Prix, and as you all know, this race marks the midpoint of this year in terms of the number of races completed, and it was nonetheless a very interesting race. It was the second sprint of this year, and uh, again another weekend loaded with activities. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of the race taksh yeah let's uh, yeah i think i should we should we should start with the more points up for grabs right this was the second sprint of the race uh, of the season as you said so there were more points up for grabs here uh, obviously verstappen uh, through the beginning of the weekend it looked like verstappen was going to get all the points and he did for the sprint race and the quali before that but uh towards the end in the final race uh, leclerc you know uh, outshone him and got the big chunk of points bringing or like further closing the gap between them as far as the drivers championship is concerned so that it was an exciting race on that front he managed to close the gap by like i think he managed to get like five points more uh, yeah. since it was uh, a sprint weekend right so leclerc ended up with 32 points total uh and verstappen ended up with 27 points so it just shows how difficult it's going to be for uh, leclerc uh given there is still uh, half the number of races left that he needs to do this week in week out consistently to close on the gap and uh, take the drivership drivers uh, championship away from max yeah so at this point be- leclerc is like around 38 points behind max so if if you just uh if you think about it i think the main thing that leclerc has to do is to not dnf and that i don't think that's on him that's more on the car and the engineers and ferrari as a team uh you know they they need to make sure at least over the summer break they need to resolve all the issues they have with their cars and make sure that they give their drivers like the best experience and you know make sure leclerc and sainz can actually drive to their fullest of their potential yeah that's going to be a little challenging with uh he's already taken an engine penalty he's taken a turbo penalty so th- it's like it's going to be a little challenging to hold on to whatever they have and do it reliably for the rest of the season uh but yeah it's it's going to be interesting for sure uh, i really hope uh, he can uh, win more races and especially not dnf at all right because yeah yeah whatever happens they have to not dnf at this point yeah, exactly. it's it's okay if they've consistently finished second and then just like a couple of races they try to like you know finish first but dnf is not an option for ferrari yeah, exactly. anymore exactly uh, and yeah. they, if 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 they're not dnfing and if they're not able to win too then it kind of they want to like hope red bull does bad i don't think they want to get into that territory they would want to work around their yeah exactly uh, luckily for them uh perez had a dnf due to which uh, leclerc was able to or, or like the gap between them is further increasing uh so I, i'm sure ferrari would love to win the championship but they would also love to not let red bull get a one two finish at the end of the season so they yeah. would love to for leclerc to at least finish second and uh, luckily for uh, him thanks to russell uh spinning people out but uh, yeah leclerc didn't have to face any competition from there and neither did sains but then sains couldn't make the most of it so yeah now that you mentioned russell right like he this is the uh, second time right like in the last two weeks the week so, earlier yeah. he had an incident with uh, jao 
Yeah. And now he's managed to spin out uh, Perez. Perez. And he's kind of earned himself a nickname, at least on Twitter. I'm oh, yeah. scrolling through and seeing a lot of George Rasepin uh, references out there. <laughs> so for all the trolls there, I think that's a little hilarious. But uh, yeah, like uh, uh, Russell is still delivering uh, quality finishes and consistent finishes. So I yeah, think... I mean, yeah, <laughs> we need to remember that Russell, other than the one race that was the previous race where he didn't finish or like uh, he DNF'd, he's consistently been in the top five. He continued it over the Austrian GP2. He, you know, there's if he if he finishes the race, he's in the top five. That's that's just how we put it now. Exactly. So Rasipin is hilarious and funny, but uh, yeah, but I don't think he's that far behind the grid to get that uh, nickname. Yeah, he shouldn't be getting that right now. But it's okay. That's that's how it works. Uh, you know, we take yeah. it. Uh, Twitter definitely takes things to the extreme when they come up with their jokes. So yeah, kind of expected uh, from them. Uh, yeah, and before we uh, dissect the race and then talk more about it, right? Uh, I think we should uh, address this, right? There was a lot of uh, track limit violations oh, right. throughout the entire week. Everyone right? so has those five-second penalties at this point. Yeah, like exactly, there were five drivers who got five-second penalties, and four of them were for uh, track limit track limit violation. violations. Yeah. Uh, do you know why exactly? Like we already know that this is a very challenging uh, uh, Grand Prix in terms of the track. Uh, so they have like long straights running down the right. uh, line, and then they have like corners, like really and, sharp corners, yeah. and double. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as we all know, this is one of the harder tracks. Uh, like we've known it from historical races, but I believe this year with the new, with the cars completely being re, uh, being redesigned. Uh, some of the drivers have been complaining about reduced visibility and which is probably the primary reason why we're seeing so many of these violations, right? We don't, I mean, we do see these things happen often, but like for how many did we get? Uh, we got, we got a lot of them in this, over this weekend alone. And it's probably because of the visibility that the drivers are complaining about. So while, while the halo, as we know from the previous race is extremely important, it clearly seems to be reducing visibility and uh, maybe the FIA should look into that and revise some of their guidelines. Yeah, the, that's what most of the drivers felt that this year's the, the window they have, right? Uh, visibility yeah. is very little and it makes it much, much, much harder on a circuit like this to put the car exactly where they're uh, thinking they're on the grid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we did see a bunch of these violations and uh, interestingly, uh, Leclerc got two warnings, and if he had managed to get the third, get one, another one, that would automatically be a five-second five-second penalty, penalty, and he he'd lose his P one. Exactly, so. exactly. That would put him uh, behind Verstappen, and he wouldn't be able to like. Even though th- that would make the difference, right? Like you right. finish P two, the point difference is pretty much you lost it. Like you're only like, allowing Max to build on his lead at this point. Exactly, you're just giving yeah. away like a four or five points every time with that, even if you exactly. get the fastest lap, so. Exactly. Right, I think, uh, yeah, before we move on to like the midfield uh, uh, racers, let's let's talk about Ferrari's or specifically Leclerc's strategy for, uh, you know, like there were a few good overtakes he made on Verstappen and both of them came down to the pit stop tra- strategy that they had. Let's Let's talk about that a bit. Yeah, so uh, throughout the weekend, right, uh, 
even though for the first part of it when uh, west happen managed to get pole in the quali and then finish ahead of uh, of leclerc, leclerc in the sprint, the sprint that, that was i think he, he just barely got past in both cases so yeah. even when he got pole he was like just by a whisker like leclerc yeah. was right there behind him and even in sprint leclerc finished only 1.5 seconds behind him so going into the weekend and the race we knew that both teams had a competitive package and we knew that it's going to be an interesting race because of how neck to neck they finished in both instances right. so and we saw that in the race too like leclerc had a very uh, fast package and uh, he was driving beautifully uh, he was always hanging on right behind uh, verstappen and got his moves done so right. after uh, he got his first move done right uh, he managed to uh, stay out 12 laps uh, compared yeah, to verstappen before yeah. uh, before coming in for pits for, for and pit. because yeah. of this uh, he had a tire advantage over max and after max uh, they came out and then later leclerc pitted uh, 12 laps later uh, he came in with pressure tires and 6 7 laps after that somewhere around uh, lap 33 he got the move done relatively easily and in a very clean fashion and uh, managed to get past verstappen uh, yeah it, it, i i would say it's one of the more elegant overtakes for verstappen as we know verstappen's pretty aggressive when it comes to this and you know like uh, even hamilton sometimes struggles getting past verstappen even though he's like quicker or like you know his tires are fresher but I think the two we saw in this race, Leclerc pulled them off beautifully. One from the inside, one from the outside. I think for the inside one, Verstappen wasn't even aware that Leclerc is going to pull pull off something like that. And yeah, some good racing yeah. on their part. That was crazy, right? Uh, he kind of like Max braked in late going into that corner. Yeah. He, the the I'm talking about the corner where. Uh, Leclerc made the inside move. Inside right? move, yeah. So, so there, Max braked later than he should, in hopes of blocking him uh, from uh, overtaking from the outside. Outside. He kind yeah. of felt that probably Leclerc would also break in late, but right. Leclerc played like in play, played a reverse on him, right? He braked early and then took him from the inside. Exactly. That was, that, that, that was a really good, really good mind reading. Yeah. Yeah. So this brings us all that action what we saw earlier in the year, right? where uh, uh, Verstappen and Leclerc were uh, racing each other and were overtaking yeah, like and all the wheel to wheel action or like exactly. the constant overtakes the it finally coming down to the pit stop strategies that that's what this race was again so it was good yeah so this is going back to the level of racing that we saw earlier the, earlier the, yeah the, the Leclerc had a string of bad luck and he wasn't able to uh finish uh, or get any wins earlier right like apart from the first two races he got in the beginning of the year he had a slew of bad luck or uh, mishaps or incidents penalties what not then yeah. uh, didn't manage to bring the car up uh, front of the grid right. and this was uh, nice to see all that uh, action unfold and leclerc once again start to mount that championship challenge that's true Yeah and yeah before we move on from Red Bull and Ferrari let's let's talk about the other drivers unfortunately both of them didn't get to finish the race as we were talking about it uh, uh of course uh, uh Perez was out of the race pretty early on all thanks to George Russell as Twitter would call him and uh, Sainz had a pretty good race he had a very good chance of finishing third 
possibly even second like he was just about to overtake uh, max verstappen or like there was a good chance he could overtake verstappen right when his engine power unit just completely gave up there was smoke there were fluids there were sparks and that was pretty much the end of race for him uh scott also his car also caught fire which was a little dangerous he was still in the car and it was like in the flames but uh, yeah luckily he's safe but quite an unfortunate finish of the weekend for him yeah in the post race conference uh, press conference right mm-hmm. you could hear the disappointment in and in, in his voice and he right. was like pointing out that yeah fine after a slew of bad luck and uh, even he too had a bunch of dnfs right Both, yeah. some were his faults and some the car gave up car gave liability up. issues yeah. so he had a slew of bad events and uh, he managed to turn all of that around and finally get the win uh in uh, united kingdom last yeah, weekend last weekend uh so he's like this just feels like we are just undoing all that stuff like whatever momentum we we were trying to gain and then take forward again all that has been nullified like on a weekend where it should have been a one two ferrari finish exactly uh, we were not able to make that stick right like we only got one of the drivers to finish and like we cannot continue uh, like this is what right. uh, he pointed out in the post yeah point. this this was ferrari's fourth complete mechanical failure where there was nothing that could be done at all you know without any collision of course so exactly. uh, as we were talking about it earlier ferrari really needs to like step up their game fix all the issues with their car the summer break is coming up and they should make the most of it there there's nothing for them to focus on their drivers are doing pretty well they just need to get the cars fixed and at least just get the cars to not uh, give up right like give yeah. your drivers a fair chance to win the race exactly so they are tackling the problem in a reverse way they have a fast car they need to figure out reliability whereas the rest of the grid have a reliable have reliability but they need to figure out how to make the how to get faster. quicker yeah yeah it it only we only time will tell like which is an easier problem to solve either make a slow one quicker or make a quick one reliable reliable so, yeah speaking of slower cars let's uh, let's talk about uh, mercedes for a bit never thought i'd say that last year but uh, here we are yeah so yeah. hamilton he gets on the podium it, it was great to see three different constructors on the podium i'll say that uh, you know we don't get to see that too often these days but it happens once in a while so it was good to see that but uh, the gap uh, thing i mean lacler obviously finished first verstappen was like a second second and a half behind him and hamilton was 40 42 seconds behind uh, that and then russell who finished russell fourth was like a, almost a minute behind minute behind it so yeah. you know that that should help people understand how much faster the you know red bull and ferrari cars are compared to the rest of the pack like sure uh, mercedes has been consistently finishing third or fourth but uh, it's it's not it's not a close third or anything they're closer to fourth than they are to third you know yeah so it's like well, their figures right and their performance they just look good on paper right that's yeah. because uh, red bull and ferrari always somehow managed to get one of their drivers into the dnf yeah yeah there is a dnf or they're like putting out fire on a completely different issue which right. uh benefits uh mercedes yeah. so without that if we were to just go by the books right we would obviously see the two ferraris and two red bulls up front making up the four places 
and that would put uh, Mercedes fighting for the fifth and sixth on the grid. Yep. So so that that's the realistic picture uh, they have. So it's it's going to be impossible at this point to mount a serious challenge for driver championship or constructor championship just because of the fact that they don't have the pace but uh, probably they can use these learnings to gain some speed and fix some things so that they become more competitive and probably uh, from the next season on or uh, in the coming year uh, they can uh, start uh, uh, getting the car in shape to co- compete for that top spot again right like, yeah it's, it's so is, hard to yeah uh, believe that this is happening given that they were on top of the world for uh, the eight last years, seven, right? eight years. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They've been constructors for eight years and driver's championship for the last seven years. Seven years. So given uh, such strong, uh, such a strong decade of racing, uh, it's just hard to see them uh, uh, not even be competitive for the top sports. Yeah, it was. it's quite unfortunate. Like they don't, they, they have zero wins so far. Like I mean, all the wins are by, like, I think Red Bull has seven wins, uh, wins and Ferrari has four. And, yeah, Mercedes is almost 66 points behind Ferrari, which itself is close to 60 points behind Red Bull. So, yeah, it's yeah. Mercedes is nowhere. It's definitely not in the running for the Constructors' Championship this year, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's like Ferrari and Red Bull... Are highlighting the uh, speed difference between the uh, between them and Mercedes, Mercedes, while Mercedes is in another way highlighting the reliability difference between them and the other two teams. Yeah, other two days, as That's you true. can see, uh, Russell's numbers, right? Uh, he has one twenty eight points, and he's only five points behind uh, Carlos Sainz. Sainz, so, yeah. so that speaks something, right, about uh, the reliability and the others point to your speed. So it's like right. Yeah, you have to pick and choose and come up with a reliably quick package, like period. Only then exactly. you can win. Uh, yeah, you can't have one or the other. It clearly doesn't work, as you can see. But uh, hopefully, at least all the th- top players, I guess Red Bull has pretty much figured out their issues, but Ferrari and Mercedes should definitely work on it and try to get as much possible. Ferrari, I, I would say, still has a chance to make it up this year, but for Mercedes, it's going to be a year long process. Or- Maybe longer, you know. It's going to take more than a season for them to resolve their issues. Yeah. Now let's move to the midfield, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first, let's you you were right in pointing out earlier, right? There was considerable considerable action in the midfield. Uh, we saw all the drivers huddled together, and five, six of them were yeah, uh, racing wheel to wheel, constantly exactly. overtaking each other. Yeah, quite quite a lot of action for the midfield. Yeah, so th- that tussle and tug of war that we saw in midfield, right? The, the, the same thing is reflected even in the constructor standings. Right. So, uh, in all this turmoil, uh, we can see that uh, uh, McLaren has taken uh, a slightly a backward step. Yeah. So, they're a distant fourth, uh, like a very distant fourth, so much so that they and Alpine are tied for the yeah. uh, tied Which is... points. Which is something we wouldn't have expected last year, given McLaren was in the running to come finish third, right? Like for, as the, for the Constructors' Championship. Till their very last race, they had an option to finish third. And now they're like a 
very very distant fourth competing with alpine which speaks good about alpine because they were nowhere to be found last year and but alonso and ocon have they've been putting up a pretty good fight to the best of their car's ability at least yeah so in in uh, for 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 mclaren right it's hurting that only one of their drivers is norris uh, able yeah. to put up a consistent performance where ricardo is struggling a bit whereas in alpine both their drivers have been performing quite well throughout the season so yeah. that's one uh, fact that uh, uh, is dragging uh, mclaren down and even this weekend right uh, ocon managed to finish uh, p5 uh, which is a strong performance from his side and yeah all these things helped their case in securing fourth fourth place uh, this season Right. the alfa romeo ferrari right uh, they oh, that have, that is another team we should talk about yeah so alfa romeo who used to be like eighth ninth uh, in previous yeah years. they were pretty much at the bottom of the pack with williams and haas and this year they're currently sixth and i, I would not rule them out to even be fifth or fourth you know given i mean alpine and mclaren are like 30 points ahead but if alfa romeo stays consistent and like if either of the other two teams have like one mishap you know they can they can catch up make up for the point difference yeah definitely all three of them uh, mclaren alpine and alfa romeo we can pit all three of them against one another for yeah. p4 position yeah uh, depending on how they rework uh, the remainder of the year right Uh, so that leaves us with uh, Haas in P7. Haas uh, has been having a, a pretty good year. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I think we should we should definitely talk about Mick Schumacher. The last couple of races, I think we're finally getting to see him. Like, there's something that has changed, right? Like, it feels like the talent is coming out, or like he's finally settled with the car, or he's comfortable with something, and he's putting up some good races. He's He was, he's like oh, trying to overtake Hamilton. Last week he was dealing with uh, Verstappen and still holding his ground, which is good achievement on his part. I hope he gets you know more opportunities to like uh, demonstrate his talents and uh, maybe he can like slingshot his career just like Russell did by just making use of every opportunity he gets. Yeah, he drove a beautiful race and uh, sprint. Yeah, so th- both are amazing. Uh, his defense and sprint and the moves he was trying to make on hamilton in uh, the race both were really nice and uh, it's 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 a little surprising that they're giving mercedes a fight for their money like exactly. he is he is uh, like fighting hamilton right like who's a seven time world champion, world champion. Uh, so he's fighting him in a haas and he's he defended beautifully in sprint and uh, even during the race it was a solid race from them and they got double points on two consecutive races. races i don't think has has ever had uh, uh, this kind of glory yeah, where n- not in the recent memory for sure points finish so uh, has have improved a lot from last year where we were seeing them uh, to this year where they're like consistently getting points and they managed to amass 34 points right so that's just unbelievable and uh, they're doing it quite consistently and now both drivers are doing it consistently regularly and effortlessly exactly. so it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, finish this year uh, where they'll end up and 
at least from the looks of it, it looks like they can get uh, sixth or fifth if uh, they're consistent enough. Yeah, if they continue to perform well, I mean, I feel like at this point, seven is almost guaranteed. Seven or eight is guaranteed for them. But if mm-hmm. they continue to do, because they have been improving, right? So we have to assume that they continue to improve, which will definitely put them in the contention with like Alfa Romeo and Alpine and McLaren after that. So it's going to be exciting. Definitely. Uh, and now we need to talk about the the teams that have slipped further back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alpha Tori, Aston, Aston Martin, Martin, and Williams. Yeah, I guess Williams was always at the back, but yeah, they're, they're yeah. way the, behind. The, that's, that's interesting, right? Last year, they got their first points and then there was a lot of momentum. They managed to finish uh, eighth and not, not the usual like pointless tenth, right? Yes. They managed to finish eighth. They overtook two teams and they had all that positive stuff going on for them last year. And there's going to be a change in ownership, uh, new CEO, all yeah, this new kind CEO, of things, new principal, right? everything. New driver but, yeah. uh, with Albon coming in. So there was a lot of, of positivity around them, but uh, looks like things have not worked out for them. And Williams, uh, as they stand, look like they're going to end up last on the grid. They're going to finish 10th since they only managed to secure three points and uh, they clearly appear to be the last cars on the grid. So they exactly. have swapped places with Haas, as one would say. Like Haas yes. has completely changed their story, whereas Williams have taken uh, a step further back. And Aston Martin is another surprise story. So uh, two years ago in 2020, uh, when they were dubbed the pink Mercedes, they were they finished on top of uh, Ferrari, so they were fighting for P3. They were fighting for P3 in constructors, and now they're ninth on the grid. So that's like a crazy uh, slip back. Like, how can you go from finishing P4 and like fighting it out for P3 in the final Grand Prix to, to like 10, yeah, just to slipping to nine. the grid? Yeah, yeah and, in, in a span uh, of two years. Exactly. And- they they have a really good driver. They have Vettel, like sure Stroll is. I mean, Stroll's great too. Although this year he hasn't been performing well at all. Vettel has had some decent finishes, but yeah. one would expect a little more from the team overall. Yeah, exactly. So they really need to uh, figure things out and then come back uh, in a much better shape. Uh, and Alpha Tauri is also kind of a surprise, uh, given that Red Bull engines are doing pretty well. Uh, like one would hope that uh, they would be somewhere uh, 6th or 7th but uh, they are like a distant 8th so yeah, that's true. something has not worked for them they have slipped further back from uh, historical points right like over that's the true. years where they would be they have managed to find themselves a bit further than that so these are the three teams that need to put in some serious effort and the others need to put an effort to either uh, build their advantage or uh, like stay their ground and then uh, finish the year uh, equally strong or in a much better place. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So now that half the race is over, we uh, half the season's over. We need we you know we kind of know where things are going, but literally in the last couple of races, some of the teams are like stepping up their game so much that anything can happen. It's it's half the race, half the season's over, but also only half the season is over. So anything can happen after this, but 
irrespective of that, I think it should be an interesting season ahead. And uh, yeah, see you all two weeks from now for the French GP.